Hello, welcome back to the We Are Fearless podcast. I'm Laura and I'm really glad that you're joining me here. Um, hello, hope you're all well. Sorry about the slightly longer than advertised um, wait between episodes. Uh, we, I had a really busy week last week and took my girls to London for the weekend, which meant that I had to cram all the work I would normally do over the weekend in into the sort of tail end of last week so I just had to put the podcast to one side for a minute plastic ball podcast recording became plastic ball uh yeah so I took my own advice and just looked after my glass balls uh, but we're back I'm back um and I want to start the episode with a little bit of um you call it like housekeeping type stuff I guess um I want to say a massive massive thank you first of all um not just to all of you for listening but for the, those of you that take the time to um have reviewed the podcast have sent me a message saying oh just listen to this and this particular bit really spoke to me um uh, and for uh the lovely lovely people at what the fartlek podcast who have given my podcast a shout out on the last couple of episodes that they've done um i am incredibly grateful for their support and encouragement and their you know their wonderful community that they've created and they've always um supported me way before I started the podcast um and I value it enormously so thank you Rob Matt and everyone at What the Fartlek I also want to just remind you all about tech and trainers I've sent out quite a lot of pairs this week um I'm very short of size five and six ladies trainers in lightly used condition if you've got some which you bought and never really have got on with and they're just sitting gathering dust somewhere in your house please would you consider um letting me find a new home for them you can send me a message on any of my social media platforms or if you just go onto the website www.wearefearless.club you'll see on the home page there in big green writing the tech and trainer exchange just click through all you need to do is enter the details of what you've got to donate and it'll send you an email which might go into your spam with my address and the information that you need so Thank you. Uh, and just to keep tech and trainers at the front of your mind, really, for anybody who might need to ask to call on it for help or someone who could do with um, not spending money on a new pair of trainers, point them in my direction. I've got lots of trainers here uh, and I would be really delighted to send out some more pairs next week. Um, a little mention about the Rainbow Run. We have had loads of people sign up in the last couple of weeks, which has been absolutely brilliant. If you haven't done it yet, what are you waiting for? It's on the 18th of June at Shua Pines. It's in collaboration with Rasselbock, who, if you don't know, they are the most wonderful, um, inclusive, friendly event company you could wish to meet. Sustainability is really important to Eric. He's got such, such good, um, such a good ethos. And I'm really, really grateful that he has given me facilitated this happening for me so um come along I promise you it will be a memorable day and you will get if you've never kind of been part of fearless in person before and you want to come and see what it's all about then come and join us and wear your brightest kit and just have a brilliant day we are also going to be it's not a fearless organized event but we are also going to there's going to be a large number of us taking on 50 kilometer ultramarathon which is put on by ultraviolet events and it's called run to the sea bournemouth and it's in october 
it is a perfect first ultra for anybody that's never run an ultra marathon before. It was my first ultra um, three years ago. I've lost track of time. I think three years ago. Or was it four years ago? Anyway, it was my first ultra. It's a perfect first ultra. And there will be a load of us, Rainbow, Team Rainbow, there doing it. So if you feel like you're a bit curious to try an ultra, you don't want loads of pressure, then book on. Come and join us. We have a blast. I guarantee your your face will hurt from laughing as much as your legs will hurt from um, covering 50K. But it'll be brilliant. And that's it. I've done it. That's my, all my housekeeping done. So four and a half minutes. And now we're actually going to get into the episode. So I've called this episode The Love Deficit. And I know um, when I was talking to um, some of my closest friends, it's kind of floating the idea for this podcast. I said, I'm going to call it the love deficit because it will make people think, oh, what's that about? And hopefully it'll make people listen. So a bit like calling last week's um, Sticks and Balls, the love deficit. Sounds like the title of one of those, um, the kind of book that you read on holiday, doesn't it? And then you leave there. <laughs> you know what I mean? You take it on holiday, but it, you don't give it any suitcase space on the way back. The love deficit. Um, and I felt a little bit, um, oh, no, I feel nervous every time. I feel nervous every week. It's getting better, the nerves, because you were all kind enough to let me know that you're enjoying the podcast and you're getting something from it. So that helps ease my nerves a bit. But this episode, I feel kind of newly nervous about a new level of nerves because it's not. Um, I'm not exclusively going to talk about uh, nutrition or anything that I can kind of um, give you evidence for or back up with science. It's much more, this week is going to be much more talking about my experience and my experience personally, my own experience, and also my experience of working with quite a large number of clients now. Um, I've been doing this, uh, obviously, personal training in person in the kind of traditional way you think of personal trainer and then um, via an online platform for a number of years. Uh, and this is something which I haven't got scientific. I mean, I probably could come. There probably are some studies that would support what I'm going to talk about. But it's it's a difficult thing for science to prove, because basically what I'm going to talk about is um, feelings. And how do you design a study which will which would enable me to say, ah, there's a study that proves what I'm saying is right. So I guess what makes me nervous is what do I feel gives me the the right to be able to talk about this but again I've got this uh, brilliant group of friends who uh, are just well they're brilliant and I voice my um, concerns my nerves to them and they set me straight and said you know you are absolutely equipped qualified to talk on this subject it's your you're talking about your own personal experience and your experience from coaching so it's valid and it will be a really good episode so um the love deficit i could have also called it the connection deficit the support deficit any of those words you could use those words interchangeably in the title of this podcast and they would all um mean the same thing I'm talking about recognising that for those of you who have a 
difficult relationship with food or with your bodies. And that could be perhaps that you um, are prone to episodes of binge eating or you are prone to episodes of restricting calories or you're prone to um, using exercise as a coping mechanism. So, you know, running is therapy. Running is not therapy. Therapy is therapy. Running is running. Um, what I have learned, what I have uh, come to recognize is that these uh, traits, these things that uh, we do, and it will be different for every person, but there'll be lots of people. I guess for some people, you could say that, um, you know, people use alcohol in the same way. They are all uh, symptoms of something which I believe for many, many of us is this love deficit. And what we are attempting to do is to, um, everyone has needs, human beings, we have needs, we have need for connection, we have a need to feel loved, to feel safe, to feel supported. And when we don't feel like those needs are being met, um, depending on our personality and our, you know, our, our own experience, we will often attempt to meet our needs ourselves and we turn to these different techniques, overeating, overexercising, restricting food, whatever it might be, um, drinking, in an attempt to self-soothe, in an attempt to fill a void in our lives um, in a way that we can control. So we can go to the shop and buy a load of the um, whatever it might be, food, alcohol, whatever, or we can control our food intake and restrict um, what we put in. There are they are elements that we can control. So we can't control the way um, other people, whether it be people that we're in a friendship with, a relationship with, a marriage with, whatever. We can talk to them about what our needs are. And although often we don't is the truth of the matter we can talk to them about you know this is this is what I need from you this is what but you can't make someone give it to you however we are in control of what we um consume and what we what we do with our bodies so this you know binging restricting over exercising is trying to fill a void that you're never going to be able to fill, fill. And that's why for a lot of people with binge eating disorder will recognize that you're attempting to um, fill yourself up by eating. And it's not, it's not food that you're hungry for. It's something else. And I think for a lot of people, it is connection and love and support. Um, and so I see it all the time with coaching clients and I see a lot of people who have become frustrated and it's often let's be honest it's often because they want to lose weight and it's not happening or they are feeling like a massive failure because they can't stick to anything and so the first thing I and this is a part of the reason why I really really value getting to know my clients fairly intimately really you know that's uh and in, I know a lot of professionals 
So I've been looking into the possibility of needing some kind of professional supervision because um, although I'm not actually working in mental health services, uh, I take on a lot of um, what my clients are going through because that's the kind of person that I am and I don't want to change that. I know that a lot of professionals would say, well, probably what you need to do is just to create a little bit more distance and, you know, realise that you are um, in a kind of professional um, space and, you know, that you need to um, create that little bit of distance. I've got no interest in doing that. I don't feel that I would be able to be the coach that I am without the... Um, level of intimacy that I have with my clients um, and that means that I get to know an awful lot about what's going on in their lives and I know that this is a very real um, what I'm talking about again I can't give you a paper to go and read but I'm telling you it is more important than perhaps you've ever come to realize and so what I'll often say to clients is you've got to take a step back and you are not in a position to be trying to lose weight at the moment. You need to take a step back and have a look at your environment, the environment that you're trying to do it in. You want to um, carry out this process of um, reducing your um, the size of your body. In order for that to be successful and for it to be done in a way that is sustainable, that is going to lead to a sustainable change and an improvement in your physical and mental health, the environment has got to be right. And if you are fundamentally unhappy, unsupported, that, that's not the right environment. And, you know, I can liken this a little bit to people that are trying to give up smoking. You know, I've known lots of people over the course of my life who have tried, and I'm sure you all will too, who have tried multiple times to give up smoking. And unless they're in the right place mentally, they're, you know, they're, they're, their head is in the right space, it won't work. You cannot, um, you know, as, as a human being, you are not, we are going to look for, we want to be comfortable we want to feel comfortable and, you know, giving up something like giving up smoking or um, adhering to a calorie deficit at times, it's not going to be comfortable. And if you are not feeling wrong and, like I say, fundamentally happy, how are you going to tolerate that discomfort in order to get to your end goal? Because you you won't is the answer that, you know, even if you know what your why is um, and you have a strong why, you know, your health, that's not going to be enough if you are not strong enough to tolerate the discomfort that comes with um, seeing these processes through. And, you know, let's be honest, if you're in a calorie deficit for a prolonged period of time, it's going to be times when it's not comfortable. And you all you do want to do is go and uh, think, oh, sod it. And go back to eating maintenance calories or eating above maintenance calories, you know, if you've been in a deficit for a long time. So I, I, I am not stupid enough to think that what I can say to you is you just need to go away and get happy and then come back and I'll try and um, coach you through your weight loss. And I don't ever say that to my clients, you know, I don't say that. But what I do say is I don't think at the moment actually pursuing a weight loss goal is going to be beneficial for your mental health primarily and that will have an impact on your physiological health because what ha will happen is 
you're in a crap place. I understand that you're saying to me you would feel better if you lost some weight. It's not true. If you're in a crap place for whatever reason, just trust me. You could have the best physique in the world. I worked my absolute socks off and my body was banging. Did it make me happy? No, it didn't make me happy. I had moments of happiness when people told me I looked good. It is the most shallow, most easily broken happiness that comes from that. Because it, it, I don't know how to explain what I mean. It's so fragile. That happiness based on having someone tell you how good, how thin you look. It's so fragile. It's not it's not enough. It's not enough. You have got to um, get to the root of it or try and get to the root of it. And like I say, you know, you can't just say, right, well, that's it. I'm, people do say you can wake up and make a decision to be happy or to say I'm going to have a great day. For a lot of us, where it's not just um, feeling a bit sad. If you've been feeling a bit sad and you can give yourself a bit of a, um, you know, grab yourself by the scruff of the neck and kind of pull yourself back up and just say, you know, come on, I've had it this now, then that is great. And there are levels of, there are levels on there. But for many of us, it isn't just feeling a bit sad. It's much, it goes much deeper than that. And, you know, fundamentally, there are things in your life which are not giving you the environment that you need in order to um, make your life fundamentally healthier. Um, you know, we've talk, I've talked before on the podcast about health. It, health is not that weight, your BMI is not your health. That is a tiny, tiny uh, indicator of a tiny, tiny part of your health. Health is so much more than that. And your environment is not health promoting if you continually feel um, sad, unsupported, a bit alone. Um, it's not, you know, and part of the reason why I, well, not part of the reason, the main reason I am so proud of Fearless, don't get me wrong, I'm incredibly proud of um, the individual achievements that my uh, team pull out the bag week in, week out, you know, anything from getting to the stage where they're able to run for 10 minutes without walking up to completing ultra marathons, climbing mountains, whatever it might be, because everyone's goal is we celebrate them all equally. Um, but I'm so proud of the community because I recognise that that community goes some way for a lot of people into filling this love deficit, filling this connection deficit, getting people back into a place, um, you know, restoring that feeling of feeling supported and um, part of something and safe, you know, having a safe space. And, you know, when I started, um, I knew I didn't want to be well, I'm far from conventional. I didn't want to be the, a conventional personal trainer because there's a lot of them out there and I wanted to do something different and I knew that I had the capacity to do it in a, 
in a way that was different. And I've been successful in that. Um, the strength of the community that has come um, has surprised even me and continues to amaze me and continues to make me proud and makes me hungry to do more with it. Because I think, you know, look already at what it's doing, at the good it, it does people every day. And there are, I know there are so many more people that could benefit from it. Now, I'm not for one moment, again, this podcast is never, ever intended to be any kind of um, marketing. It just isn't. Um, and Fearless would not work for many, many people. It's primarily online, um, which doesn't work for a lot of people. Um, but what I would say is, if you are struggling um, and you are using some kind of um, exterior outside thing to self-soothe so whether that be um binge eating drinking too much uh whether it be overtraining uh or whether it's restricting calories um i need you to kind of take a step back and look at your environment and see if there is something which is if you know fun, what is your fundamental need that is not being met what you know what is it is it a need for conversation a need for more physical touch is it a need to um like i say just have a safe space it may be that you think that an online community so another i'm going to give a shout out to my um wonderful friend bev who runs badass mother runners club she, again it's a safe space of like-minded people where you can go and you can seek out um people who will make you feel supported and it's a bit like um you know i'm talking about making sure your environment's right before you try and make changes um because then you know make sure you're strong enough to be able to potentially deal with the discomfort that's going to come from making changes to your life and similarly what i say to people um who have been in a uh, kind of on a diet, off a diet, on a diet, off a diet, binge restrict for a long period of time, I say you've got to give yourself unconditional permission to eat. And again, this is about making the environment right before you try and make the changes. And what I mean by unconditional permission to eat, I'm not saying just assume that calories don't count, nutrients don't count, just go and fill your boots. I'm saying you need to um, just try at your basic level and get back to recognising your hunger, your fullness, your energy levels. I mean, I write everything down because that's the way I am and I can't. But I, I can notice things, but I don't. It doesn't really go in unless I write it down. So, you know, felt hungry this morning. Um, had an extra slice of toast or whatever at eleven o'clock. You know, just how do I feel? How how am I feeling? Um, felt really tired. You know, and then you can look back and think, well, maybe that's because I only had salad for lunch, and potentially, you know, I went for a long walk with a dog. Potentially, the reason I'm feeling flat as a fart this evening is because I haven't fueled enough. So, but you free yourself from any or you try and free yourself i know it's really hard when these kind of um 
when we've been we've been we've been brought up with diet culture you free yourself from any kind of oh I need to eat that because um you know it's good for me and I can't eat that because it's processed so like last night for example I wanted chicken and chips I didn't have any vegetables with it because I didn't want any and it's fine chicken chips and gravy and that's what I wanted um and I don't I don't need to give myself a hard, a hard time about that it was one meal I didn't fancy the vegetables I got in the fridge I looked at I just didn't fancy them if there'd been broccoli in there I probably would have had some broccoli because I like it but I didn't have any and what I did have in there didn't look very appealing so I didn't eat it and I think yeah I don't know how what the steps are to get to this point because again it's going to be different for every single person listening but you just keep reminding yourself you have unconditional permission to eat irrespective of whether you overate yesterday whether you missed a workout yesterday whether you feel like you need to lose weight you need to eat and I think once you get to a point and once my clients get to a point where they're able to say to me, this was groundbreaking today. I, um, you know, went somewhere and there was a massive buffet. Uh, actually, I looked at it and I didn't really fancy whatever it was that was on there. So I just had a couple of sandwiches and then I came home and made myself the pasta dinner that I'd that I'd planned or um, I was in the office today. There were cakes there. I didn't really want one in the morning, so I didn't bother. In the afternoon, I just had one. And it's like, it's very freeing. And the thing that I'm going to say now will make a lot of people go, <gasps> because you have to appreciate that sometimes if you've been attempting to be in a calorie deficit for a very long time, you might gain some weight initially when you first say to yourself, if I want that, I can have it. But what happens is when you are saying to yourself, if I want that, I can have it. You reduce this kind of panic, this frenzy, this needing to eat the whole tub of ice cream or the whole box of chocolates because you've got permission to eat them whenever you want. They're always going to be there. Well, you know, I'm saying I'm talking from a place of privilege there, but, you know, for most of us, they will always be there. These lovely foods that we enjoy, we can eat any time. I don't need to eat a massive, a whole cheesecake to myself in secret anymore. Because if I want cheesecake, I can have cheesecake. And I could have a slice of cheesecake every night this week if I wanted to. Because I, I can. It's food. My body needs food so I can eat it. And when you give yourself this unconditional permission to eat, you just let that calmness come in around food. It doesn't need to be a massive source of stress, the source of stress that it has become to so many of us because we've allowed the diet industry and all these people that are selling these different plans and fixes and this is what you need to do. We've let them work ourselves, work us up into a frenzy so that now we obsess about it. We worry about it. It's all we can think about. So when you're on a we're on a diet, but all we can think about is food. The whole thing is so fundamentally broken. And actually, what we need to come back to is making the environment 
as conducive as we can to being able to support our goal, we need to feel calm, relaxed around food. We need to feel supported. We need to feel that we've got like-minded people who understand that we can talk to. And I'm just going to say, even though it's like, I know some people will cringe, you need to feel loved. We need, you know, human beings need, want to feel loved. Um, And I know it's easy for me to say because I'm a massive hugger and I find it easy to tell people I love them. Um, I find it easy to throw my arms around people and physically um take what I need I guess it's a bit selfish really because I do it a lot of the time without asking because it's what I need I like being hugged probably some people I don't doubt there are some people I've made feel incredibly awkward in fact there was an incident at the running show a few years ago where I know I probably completely mortified a couple of people because I just did what I do and threw my arms around them and they weren't huggers. <laughs> but um, so I'm not saying, you know, everybody needs to be hugged. We all need to be, you know, <laughs> finding someone to hug us every day before we can, um, you know, before I'm going to allow you to uh, say, OK, you can pursue a weight loss goal now. You are sufficiently hugged. But you know what I mean. And I, I really hope you will understand what I'm talking about and that you will realise why I feel equipped to have spoken about this because I am equipped because I know from my own experience and I know from the experience of that probably actually hundreds of people that because it's not just clients people that I it's you know it's people that follow me on social media who aren't members of aren't paying members of fearless and they're not I'm not coaching them but I always respond to every message that I get on social media sometimes it takes me a while but I will respond to every message and I know this is a really this is a this phenomenon is real. There is a massive love deficit, connection deficit, not just in this space of um, the diet industry, just in life in general. I I believe. Um, I know there are a lot of people that would say social media is the is the um, cause of this actually we're meant it's meant to be a world where we're more connected and it's led to a lack of connection well I think there are ways that you can make social media be incredibly beneficial um and it you know for for me and for the people who are part of fearless it's of enormous benefit so I'm not saying it replaces real connection and that you should um shun going out for a coffee with your friends who live locally because you really shouldn't but you can it can be it can add to your life if you let it and if you're um about your boundaries and you're careful about what you let in you know only let the good stuff in just it's your that social media feed is um you know that's inside your fence if you think of your boundaries as being like a fence around you you allow your social media fence you like pardon me you allow your social media feed inside the fence and if there's stuff popping up on there that is not bringing you um good feelings it's making you feel bad about yourself or the way your house looks or the way your children behave or the way your exercise um schedule looks then you have the power to push it back outside your fence you know take it off your feed um 
and let social media become a way that it gives a little bit of a boost to your um, connect levels of connection as opposed to taking away from them. Okay, there we go. I was brave today with that. It's a bit woo-woo, isn't it? Um, Lovey-dovey kind of, it's not science. There's no science at all in that really. Um, but I always say, we always say the, the qualification that I um, obtained when I did my um, when I, you know, career, massive career change is that our practice is informed by science and shaped by experience. And this episode today is very much, um, you know, my experience. And uh, I just hope it gets people thinking and maybe it will just make people realise that perhaps what they're striving for at the moment is not really where their attention needs to be. And if they take if you if it's you that I'm talking to if you take your attention away from the thing you're striving for whether that be to be um slimmer smaller um faster whatever it might be if you recognize that perhaps now is not the time and instead you can put some of your um energies into improving your environment so that when you do decide to pursue those goals you're stronger um it would be much much infinitely better for you and you have a, such an improved chance of success so much improved okay that's it i'm signing off um be fearless this weekend and be kind that's all i'm going to say just um little acts of kindness have can make big ripples and i will see you hopefully next week if i manage to keep a hold of all my glass balls i'll be able to record another podcast thank you so much again for listening i appreciate it more than i can say all right lots of love <laughs>